This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Clint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famer Mike Vandese joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? That's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weight. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Presented by Helena Accommodations. The in-town five-star extended stay residences. Visit Helena Accommodations. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave, here's Jason Walker. Oh, hello. Happy Friday. (laughs) Man, we are uh, already off to a great start. I'm just pushing all sorts of buttons over here, not knowing what the heck's going on. But it's a lot of fun, right? All right, big show coming up today inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave. And I do want to take this uh, this moment to uh, also thank our longtime sponsor, Helena Accommodations, for all of their support over the last, oh, year plus. Um, moving on, so if you want to become a presenting sponsor of the Jason Walker Show, get a hold of me. Uh, Jason Walker Show is uh, rolling on, and uh, we will be off next week. All next week, no shows, um, just... Normally, this is when I would take a week off, so I'm going to take a week off. It's spring break. There's also no school, um, and there's no sports. So I'm giving you a break from me. So we're gonna we're gonna be back. I uh, guess what April sixth, but last show today. But when we come back April sixth, there's gonna be some more exciting news um, as well. So, all right, what do we got coming up today? We are going to uh, well, you're first watching live on the Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Jason Walker Show. Appreciate that. Also, uh, YouTube live. You can listen on Podbean, Network One Sports, and also um, TreasureStateRadio.com. But like I said, April 6th, we'll have some brand new stuff for you to listen to or places to listen to, which is going to be awesome. For everything you missed at any time, just go to JasonWalkerShow.com. Okay. And then uh, you can email us. You can tweet us. You can Facebook us anytime as well. All right. All right. So uh, what's coming up today? We are going to uh, check in with new member of the Montana Coaches Hall of Fame, Tony Arnson. He's currently the track coach up at uh, University of Providence, and he will join us coming up uh, in about 40 minutes or so. And the the – List was out yesterday. The nine new members into the MCA Hall of Fame came out yesterday. Uh, coach Arnson, uh, Jim Carroll, track and field coach for 39 years, including 33 at Conrad. Uh, Bill Lepley, who coached girls basketball for 32 years at Shepherd. John Saletti, uh, who, uh, Saliti, who guided the cross country and track and field program at Manhattan for 21 years. John Smith, longtime Columbus coach. Dan Stanton. Uh, it's going in posthumously, 25-year run at Miles City. Uh, brother Rob Stanton, 27-year coaching vet, nine years at Miles City, last 18 at West, state championship a couple of years ago. Uh, Fred Volkman, the head wrestling coach at Cutbank, 22 of his 24 years. And Steve Weston, uh, who had 24 years at Hamilton, another 13 at Darby. So it's a great list, and we will check in with uh, Tony Arnson a little bit later on. Also, we are going to talk to an attorney. Title IX is uh, one of her specialties. Her name is Kelsey Trainer, and she's coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. She um, has some thoughts on the two lawsuits against Carroll College. Uh, one filed last June, uh, golf coach Ben McIntyre, and then uh, some softball players, former and present, filing a Title IX lawsuit uh, just recently. So we'll talk to Kelsey Trainer coming up. We'll get her thoughts on the Title IX lawsuit. What exactly Title IX means 
at a place like Carroll College, and uh, and a whole lot more. So looking forward to uh, to that um, coming up here as well. Don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, we uh, we have a little bit of a surprise for the University of Montana. It's the way it's uh, written in 406mtsports.com, but Gabby Harrington, who entered the transfer portal this week um, after three years at Montana, announced late last night she's transferred to Idaho for her final season. So after... Three pretty good years at Montana. Gabby Harrington's heading off to Moscow to uh, play for the Vandals. And uh, she wrote on her Facebook page last night, quote, my time in Missoula was great. It was a very difficult decision to leave. I've decided for my last year to finish up my basketball career at the University of Idaho. And I am very thankful for this opportunity. Can't wait for the upcoming season. Go Vandals. End quote. Uh, veteran coach at Idaho, John Newley, he put out on Twitter last night, quote, or today, quote, we got better last night, go Vandals, end quote. Now, Harrington is from Boise, which is a few hours away from Moscow. Uh, averaged seven and a half points last year and uh, 19 minutes of playing time. And is uh, one of the uh, latest in a line that are leaving the Lady Grizz. And you, you look at Sammy Fatkin, who had a great season last year, especially late, or two years ago. She left in December. Katie Mayhew transferred. Uh, Haley Nicholson, who's now at Northern. Sierra Anderson, Nora Click, Caitlin Lonergan, all left. Um, it's crazy what's going on over there in Missoula. And then, of course, you throw in the graduations of three this year, including Mackenzie Johnston. So Shannon Schwain's got her hands full over there in Lady Grizz country trying to get um, the program back to where it was many, many moons ago under Robin Selvig. But, yeah, so we'll see what happens over there. All right, uh, let's see here. What else do we want to talk Oh, I did see this. Speaking of the coronavirus, so Montana had its first death, and that absolutely is horrendous and tragic. It was a, a, a Libby, a guy from Libby, so our thoughts with his family. Um, virus, coronavirus numbers just keep going up here in Montana, over 100 now, and it just keeps, uh, it just keeps going and going. Of course, the governor issuing a stay-at-home declaration. Not exactly shelter-in-place, but essentially it's the same thing. My, my question is, what's the difference of what we've been doing the last two weeks? Because essential businesses stay open. You can still get curbside delivery from food places, including our three fantastic food sponsors, Cafe Zydeco, Dinner's Done Right, and the Motherload. But, and by the way, I had a Motherload burger last night. Holy cow, it's good. Like three-quarter pound burger with uh, bacon and cheese. Really good. So if you're looking for dinner tonight, there you go. Or Cafe Zotico or Dinner's Done Right. But anyway, this it really doesn't affect what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Now, a shelter-in-place order is a little bit bigger deal, and that's not exactly how he phrased it. But starting tonight or tomorrow morning, I guess, at 12.01, just don't, don't go out. Okay. Um, I had to take care of some errands today, wash my hands, you know, all that fun stuff. Town was dead driving in. It's crazy. It reminds me of a Sunday, honestly, in Helena. Um, all right, so we're going to talk to uh, Tony Arnson coming up. Oh, this is what I wanted to get to. We asked this question a few weeks, well, a couple weeks ago. We've asked it last week. We asked it this week. Will there be NFL or college football? This year, because after the Olympics got postponed to next year, the next big sports items coming up in August would be the NFL and college football. Kirk Herbstreet, great ESPN college football analyst, told TMZ he was he was asked the question and he told TMZ that he'll be, quote, shocked if there's any NFL or college football this fall because of the pandemic. He went on Twitter to 
to say, you know, I'm not really, quote, I wasn't really trying to add to the fear or trying to scare anyone at all, simply answered a question that was posed. Uh, I think the virus is real, and until there's a vaccine, I'd be shocked if there was football. That's all, end quote. And that was in a reply to Larry the Cable Guy. Um, but, yeah, it's that's the question. Will we have the NFL or college football this year? So we'll find out. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about lawsuits, more specifically Title IX lawsuits. More specifically than that, Carroll College has a couple filed against uh, wrongful firing and termination involving some Title IX, and then a true Title IX lawsuit uh, filed by members and former members of the Carroll College softball program. We will talk to attorney Kelsey Trainer when we come back. And right now is the time, apparently I became Southern, right now is the time to get on the schedule for all of your lawn, pest, and tree needs. Give it a hold of Nitro Green, nitrogreenhelena.com, 443-5088. And it's fun to watch on Facebook Live to see the people that are joining. We see you. Kelsey Trainer's coming up next. Jason Walker Show. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Everyone knows about Dinners Done Right and the convenience of the cook and carry cuisines. It's so easy to just stop by and you have something for dinner that night. But there's also one more thing you need to know about. Dinners Done Right Grab and Go Salad Bar. Yes, I said salad bar. Always the freshest ingredients along with a daily soup and nacho bar too. So the next time you are in a rush or you just want to eat healthy, stop by Dinners Done Right for the soup, salad, and nacho bar. For monthly menus and more info, it's dinnersdoneright.com. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner, so now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check them out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Oh, happy Friday. It's a finally Friday. Of course, I don't know, is it really Friday? For the last two weeks, I feel like we're just, every day is the same. Like, I don't know what day of the week it is, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way. 
Welcome back, Major Mortgage Man Cave, Jason Walker Show. Tony Arnson, new member of the Montana Coaches Association Hall of Fame, will join us coming up. We are also uh, got on this day in history, the walk-off. Don't forget, no, no Jason Walker Show is live next week. Uh, you can watch any of our previous shows, including this one, on jasonwalkershow.com if you really need a fix next week while we're uh, while we're on vacation. Not even going anywhere. Just who knows? I mean, if something big and breaks, and I'll be here, I can get on the air. But you know, no shows next week because I want a break. I've been going at this hard since yesterday. I don't know. All right, we're gonna. Uh, Oh man, fun stuff. That was kind of a cool. I don't think we played that song yet. That was kind of a new one. I liked it. Uh, all right, here uh, we go. So, all of our guests appear via the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Get a hold of Mike Miller in Helena for all your auto, home, and uh, life insurance uh, today. And uh, Mike Miller State Farm, Helena. All right, that includes our first guest today. She is a she's an attorney out on the East Coast. Um, and the reason I'm having her on the show is there's been a couple of lawsuits in the last year filed against Carroll College, including one just a couple of months ago by some current and past members of the Carroll softball program alleging Title IX violations. And we've talked Title IX extensively on this show, but it, it was right to bring in or felt right to bring in this uh, uh, attorney, her name is Kelsey Trainer, to get the true meaning behind Title IX, and not just how it affects Carroll, but also all universities and colleges and high schools and the workplace. And the fact of the matter is, and I go back to, we'll talk about this in our interview, but it doesn't matter what, what certain colleges or universities say. They can say they're Title IX compliant, but if they're not, they're not. And it's not a matter of conjecture. It's a matter of it is a federal law. Title IX is a federal law. That's it. There's no way around it. It's a federal law. And to get more on that now, we brought, uh, welcome in attorney Kelsey Trainer. She joins us here now on the Jason Walker Show. All right, first off, I appreciate you joining us because it's, it's late out on the East Coast, um, but... You are so into. I, I follow you on Twitter and just read all of your updates, Kelsey. That it's amazing that you, you. We live in such a small world here in Montana. We think these lawsuits against Carol, which we'll talk about in a second, but there's so many different ones from the from the national level with the WNBA and and women's soccer all the way down to your high schools. Yeah, there's so much going on in the women's sports world. Um, and then Title IX, you know, specifically having to do with universities and, and high school students and, and players. Um, it's it's a it's an interesting space, but but the time is now essentially. How did you get involved in a writing about Title IX and studying Title IX and, and be you know becoming a, a massive, I guess, supporter of it? Yeah, so I mean, I played college sports. I ended up coaching uh, Division Three basketball before I went to law school. And I kind of got out of sports for a bit, and I moved to New York. I worked in TV and film, and then uh, got back into the law now. I worked for a media company, and one of the websites that uh, my media company has is a site that uh, is a national news site. And a colleague came to me and asked if I wanted to host a podcast with her and write about sports. Um, and so that was, I guess, last July or last, last summer. Um, and from that point on, I've just been immersed in this world and I kind of try to stay in my lane from the legal perspective because there's so many people out there in the sports world covering women's sports and female sports reporters who are so outstanding at what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will never be them, but, uh, you know, I do believe from my, my legal perspective that I have an insight and I try to explain things to people in a way that's understandable because the legal jargon of it all, um, is quite frankly, boring. <laughs> and, and yes, well said, because, uh, uh, you know, you read through a lawsuit and you're like, I don't understand. I don't know what this means. I don't know what this word is. I don't even know how to pronounce half the stuff. 
Um, Kelsey, Great. yeah, Kelsey Trainer, our guest here, Jason Walker. Show. All right, so let's break down Title Nine, and there's many facets of it, so we don't have to go into all of it. But give us the layman's terms of what is expected at a college or a university with Title Nine, when as it relates to athletics. Right. So Title Nine, in and of itself, is only 37 words. So you have this, you know, major area of law that is essentially only 37 words, but any institution that receives federal funding um, that is an education program or activity um, requires that on the basis of sex, no person shall be excluded from participation in or being denied the benefits of um, any discrimination, essentially. So in the sports complex, I mean, the Title IX itself wasn't enacted, and no one even thought it would necessarily apply to sports. little fun fact about it is that it was ended up on Nixon's desk, I think, five days after the Watergate scandal. Mm. Um, so it kind of split in there. And throughout the years, it uh, started, you know, people realized, hey, this is, applies to athletics, originally, you know, education. Um, and so all these schools receive funding, and it essentially requires um, some sense of equality if you are receiving federal funding um, from, you know, the government. And a lot of instances, people think, like in Carroll College's case, because it's a private university, that it doesn't apply. However, if you receive that federal funding, all private, you know, sections go off the table and you're required to uh, abide by a 1972 law, federal law. Exactly. I mean, if you're getting any sort of federal benefits and funding, then Title IX applies to you All right, at, so, the, at the education level. Uh, Kelsey Trainer, our guest here, she's an attorney and sports writer on the Jason Walker Show. All right, so let's dive into this latest lawsuit against Carroll College um, that's filed by a couple of former and, and some current softball players, and they're alleging violations of Title IX. It, as you read the lawsuit, what was your takeaway? So my takeaway from reading the lawsuit is that if you look, if you read through it, right, and you read the statistics, it shows you that information that is publicly available, that there is at, there's actually a 19% participation gap. So you have 58% of the student body being female and approximately 42% of the student body being male. But the difference in the female athletes able to participate in sport and male athletes able to participate in sport is 19% in favor of men. Um, and so the statistics are there. And that's part of the problem with Title IX is that the only way to enforce it essentially is through civil litigation. Because this information is out there, right? It's publicly available that you have 44 scholarships going to male athletes, but only 31.6 uh, scholarships going to female student athletes. So that's out there. That's not equal. I mean, you can look at that and say, you know, compare apples to apples, and it's not equal. Um, so the information is out there, but the only way to kind of have anything get done about this is through this lawsuit. Um, so, and looking at it at first glance, um, there's something there, right? The, the numbers are there, and that's, that's the first start. When you look at it from that aspect, and, and people say, okay, well, the numbers, because you have football, and, you know, this is the, the, the excuse of colleges and universities, but there's a provision that if a, if, if a school or university has football, they have to Explain that. I mean, there's a, there's a provision in there. Am I wrong or am I right? I'm not entirely sure what okay. you're referring to. <laughs> well, I think that there was because there's like three tiers in the in the sports, and if you have a football team, then obviously the numbers aren't going to be av or equal. So you have to offer. I don't remember. Maybe I don't even know what I'm talking about. I pretend I do sometimes, but I thought there was a stipulation if there's a football team involved. At, at a campus, but maybe maybe not. Um, Kelsey Trainer, our guest here. All right, so the five main things in this lawsuit are provision of practice and competition facilities, uh, provision of training facilities, locker rooms, funding, scholarships, and fundraising opportunities, provision of equipment and supplies, and then scheduling of games and practice times along with travel. As you look at that, those five, I guess, complaints – how many of them can be uh, considered valid? 
I mean, I think they all are. I think they're, you know, when you're looking at, we don't have all the facts, right? So we don't know what other teams, um, other male or female teams at this university, what their practice conditions are, right? Um, so there is a sense of what are other male teams subjected to? Are they also subjected to, you know, similar conditions where they don't have, you know, game day facilities or they don't have a team room or they're driving vans uh, to their own games instead of having buses, right? So we don't have all the information, um, but all of these things do fall under uh, the the two, essentially, the count, right? So you have the first claim, which is um, unequal treatment. Mm-hmm. And then you have the second one, which is, uh, I believe it's, participation opportunities, right? That has to do with the availability of scholarships um, and participation. And I think that the numbers there, when you have the number of male-to-female athletes and and, uh, male-to-female students interested in participation um, in sport and you have the available scholarships, I think there's a lot there that suggests that, you know, a a Title IX violation will, will be found. For the most part, in these cases, they end up settling, right? Because the numbers are there. So you file this lawsuit, um, and it's going to take a lot of money uh, and time to litigate. Um, and so, at the end of the day, it's cost-benefit analysis of it's cheaper to settle for the most part. Um, but I think when I look at the participation numbers and the scholarships available, that to me is the most striking part. What was interesting to me as well that stood out is they only they only bring the softball team only mentions men's golf well women's golf men's and women's track cross country both they all have to practice and and do their things off site there's no there's none of that on campus at Carroll um, it was interesting to me that they only went after the men's golf team but uh, right yeah what what's the what's the tea there what's the drama I don't I don't, I don't have don't that insight info <laughs> I, I wish I knew and I'm here I don't know that the, uh, about that. Um, so obviously this takes a while, and we know there's that other lawsuit with the, the former golf coach or current golf coach and Ben McIntyre that he filed last summer. So this is two lawsuits of alleging Title IX violations against Carroll College in, in, in a year plus, and this takes a while, like you said, to, 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 to drag out. And how long typically does a, a civil lawsuit involving Title IX take? Oh, my gosh. That's such a loaded question. Um, it depends on where it's filed and, uh, you know, what court it is. And um, it can take anywhere from, uh, I don't know, two, three, four years and longer. Um, it, it's not something that happens quickly. And um, I think that's probably the point. And that's part of the issue that people have with Title IX itself, right? So when it started, it was, you know, so many strides have been made, right, for women in sport and participation and scholarship and opportunities. But what we're seeing is that there is not this enforcement side of it. So you have all this publicly available information. You have all these statistics. Um, but who's enforcing it? The NCAA is not. Um, there's no mechanism for them to enforce it. They're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, like I said, was saying before, the really the only way um, – to kind of have any relief is through the civil litigation process and to sue for money damages and injunctive relief. So part of this is for, um, uh, you know, injunctive relief for Carol to um, essentially have to stop their discriminatory practices and to create more opportunities for um, female athletes and women's sports. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, there's, there's knowledge and it's, it's public information. If you follow Carol, it happened, you know, uh, six, seven years ago, when they added women's softball, Kelsey. They also added men's soccer. Now, if your numbers even then were already skewed, why would you add a men's sport on top of a women's sport, knowing that your numbers already don't match? Right, because who's gonna challenge it? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just... Right, right. I, I mean, and that's the whole problem with t- Title IX, and you see it happening at major universities, right? The latest uh, last lawsuit last year was University of uh, Kentucky, I believe, right? Yeah. Major university. And they were just sued um, for Title IX violations, and it was the same thing. The information was out there. It was publicly available information. It was the U.S. Department of Education record that you had such and such participation and such and such... Uh, 
participation gap. It's all out there, and it's been out there for a, a certain period of time, but nobody's enforcing it. So all these schools can continue to get away with it, um, and people, for the most part, these universities treat Title IX as guideline and not a law. But turns out it is a law, and it is something that has to be abided by, um, and that's what these civil lawsuits, you know, do essentially is have their they're, they're the only enforcement mechanism right now um, for Title IX. And that's what I don't understand is is Kelsey Trainer joins us here is. It's a law. I mean, it is the federal law. You can't just say, oh, we did an internal investigation. And this is another thing that I was told last month that Carol did an internal investigation in 2019, found itself to be Title IX compliant, and then you have two lawsuits against you alleging that you're not. So obviously, you're not. If you look at, just like you said, the public information, the numbers are there that you aren't Title IX compliant. Why would you say that if you're not? I compare it a little bit to, um, you know, the United Nations or any notion of, like, international law in that it sounds great and, you know, to an extent it exists. But if there's no enforcement mechanism, then what weight does it really hold? Um, And so because built into, um, you know, the NCAA and their processes, there is not this enforcement mechanism. The only thing that happens is by by young women taking these things to court um, and essentially forcing, you know, with their own time and money, uh, forcing these schools to be in compliance. Well, and, you know, what's great about the these young women at, across the country is they're not going to benefit from this. I mean, this is going to happen for – you know, maybe a generation down the road or, you know, three more classes down the road, essentially just to, you know, to, to throw numbers out there. But they're not going to benefit, but yet they're doing it to look out for the teams that come behind them. And I wanted to bring up the South Dakota State issue that came out at, what, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, where they were ordered to keep certain women's sports and didn't. Or, you know, it, it, I think I saw it on your page, so... Refresh my memory on that one. Oh, yeah. I also kind of forget the details of that, but it was essentially, <laughs> it was a lawsuit like this, right? And uh, there was Title IX violations found. And, you know, for the most part, you can get money, right? So some of these women do get compensated. They do get um, uh, money. Mm-hmm. Um, but another part of it is that the judge ordered these schools to be in compliance with Title IX. So ordered them to you know, up participation, up opportunities, and scholarships. And this school just didn't do it, right? They, they just didn't. And their response, I believe, was that they were in the process of setting it up and that they had this certain time frame to do it. Um, and uh, I believe the judge, again, ordered them in violation of a court order um, and said, no, this turns out, again, that this is a law that, you know, you lost. And this is, was the order from the court, um, and so get to it, or you're going to be fined even more. And aren't they? I, I think the school, South Dakota State, is adding another men's sports program, knowing that they're already in violation. I mean, this is like adding men's soccer when you have. And this is I'm not hammering on men's sports, but right, not if at you all. <laughs> already have to do. If you have to add women's sports, why are you adding women or men's sports? Or if you have to cut women or whatever it is. You got this again. I go back to what you keep saying. This is a federal law. This isn't just something like, eh, maybe I'll cut my grass tomorrow or maybe I won't. Right. And it's, here's the thing at the end of the day, for any of these places, if you don't want to abide by Title IX, don't take federal money. But <laughs> that's not going to happen, right? So right. that's not going to happen. So at the end of the day, this is what these universities are technically um, obliged to. to to kind of, you know, adhere to, but they don't. It, it, I don't know if they're, they're, it's out of touch and the type of thing where if, if everyone else is doing it and you continue to get away with it, the cost-benefit analysis of what are the repercussions, and at the end of the day, for the most part, the repercussions aren't there unless you have these types of lawsuits. A couple final questions here for Kelsey Trainer. I know at Carroll College the Title IX coordinator doesn't didn't know how to do a Title IX like compliant test, isn't? Right. Would that be a violation? I mean, why would you hire somebody that doesn't know what they're doing? 
Right. So even to the, the enforcement mechanisms and the training and the processes um, for people at universities to ensure Title IX, there's, there's no uniformity to it. Um, and so, you know, that's something that the college itself has to figure out. But it's not like they're necessarily um, violating something by not um, having somebody that adheres to this very strict routine thing, right? Because who's going who's gonna to enforce it? Mm-hmm. But no one else is enforcing it anywhere else. Um, well, going back real quick to that internal investigation that Carol did uh, uh, last year, supposedly or allegedly, what is that? Can I? Can you get that? Is a Freedom of Information Act, or or, or is it is it private? You know, I, I'm not quite sure. Um, it, it, it might be something that a Freedom of Information Act uh, could get into, but I'd have to read. Um, you know, the specific law sure. of the state to, to find that out. But it might be something worth looking into. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously they're not in compliance. I mean, we've, we've discussed right. that very. And it'd be interesting to, 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 to see the arguments of why they think they are right. Sure. Um, because, you know, certainly, um, you know, it's always nice to, to say that you are doing something <laughs> um, that's not against federal law, you right. know, turns out that's also helpful as well. Kelsey Trainer uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show from her home in New York. All right, so i got to ask you this. We've seen great things happen with women's athletics, um, and, and not just Title IX when it, you know, with the numbers, but sexual harassment and rapes and the things like that. That all falls under Title IX as well, um, and we've seen a lot of those uh, lawsuits over the years. There's still a lot of work to do for women in athletics and women in sports and just women in general. Um, what would you like to see here in the next five to ten years? Oh, it's tough. You know, I think the, the growth of the professional women's sports league um, will be incredibly helpful. Um, if you if you go back to even, you know, Title IX being enacted, being, being enacted in the 70s, right, Many colleges and universities didn't even have women's sports teams. Um, Penn State, I believe, didn't have, like, a women's sports team until, like, 1968, right? So women's sports are behind in so many different areas. Mm -hmm. I think coverage has to increase. I think investment has to increase. It's kind of a chicken or the egg argument of what comes first. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, And, you know, people continuing to advocate. I think it's amazing when you see – you know, the professional male athletes um, attending these games. You've got in the in the basketball world, you know, you've got professional basketball players attending, you know, high school women's basketball games. You've got Paige Buckers out of uh, Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns was at her game. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that trend with Kobe Bryant and Gigi. Um, and, you know, at his memorial, at his um, tribute to his life, you know, you had women's basketball was the theme. And the investment into it and the future of, of focusing on, um, you know, really building up women's sports. Um, and so I think that's, that's the start. And I think that through that, you know, you're going to see advances at every level. When we continue to make the investment um, in equity, essentially, right? Um, because I always refer to a 400-meter race kind of as my conversation around women's sports, right? Women's sports is so far behind. Um, and when you are, there's a 400 meter right race, not everybody starts in the same line because if they did, it wouldn't be fair because you have a whole track split around. It's not the same distance. Mm-hmm. And I think that women's sports in overall and in investment and in coverage, um, is so far behind that there needs to be this concerted effort, um, for a bit of a head start, you know, a start on the outside lane where you're not starting the same, uh, at the same place as people on the inside lane, you know, you are starting, you know, you know, a bunch of meters ahead. Um, and so that's, I think what I'm most looking forward to. And I think we're seeing that there really is a time, especially you've got the U S women's national soccer team, the equal pay lawsuit, which has national implications. I mean, people don't even know the, lo- the logistics and the ins and outs of what's actually happening with it. But at the end of the day, there's still people chanting equal pay, you know, across a stadium. Um, and I think it, it's a it's a big deal and has big implications for women's sports everywhere. 
I, uh, and, and of course you have to have, I think the, you know, I'm not taking all the credit, but you have to have guys that like, like a Kobe Bryant or LeBron or Carl Anthony Towns, these guys that need to, you know, that continue this, but you have to have sports guys like myself, a sports talk show hosts or sports writers that come out and support women and, and just get rid of that, that old school mentality that only men are allowed to do certain things because I mean, but <laughs> right, you right. know what I'm saying? No, I mean, it's, that's... it's so true. It is. And it's, I, I have to say some of my biggest advocates in the industry have been men and, you know, Muffin McGraw, I interviewed her, the Notre Dame head coach, I interviewed her a while back and she's like, we don't just need allies. We need advocates. Um, and Jay Billis has been somebody who's like that for me, where he continues to promote and advocate for my work um, for no reason other than, He's just kind, right? He just mm-hmm. thinks it's the right thing to do. Um, and I think that that's so important. And I think that um, you're starting to see it more and more because at the end of the day still, too, when you're not just talking about the, the athletes. You're still talking about the coaches. You're talking about the executives. And women take up so little space in those spaces um, that the only way you're actually going to see change is when the people in the positions of power, who for the most part are men, um, you know, are speaking up, are advocating, and are making conscious decisions. I yeah, I completely uh, agree. One quick final question: What was Tom Selleck like to work with? Oh, the stash. <laughs> he was great. Because <laughs> you worked on great Blue guy. Bloods, right? Yes, yeah, I worked on Blue Bloods. Great guy. He's awesome. Um, I love to say Johnny Wahlberg, probably one of my favorite people of all time. Tom Selleck is very regal. Um, you know, he's very old school and just has this mannerism and, and kind of way about him that is, you know, it's kind of otherworldly. It's, sure. it's so cool to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I had to bring it up before I let you let you go, but I really appreciate the time. And um, I look forward to uh, to talking with you down the road if something happens, if I hear something on this lawsuit. And uh, um I appreciate your knowledge. It's just been uh, it's been an eye opener for sure. So I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was uh, Kelsey Trainer. First off, I appreciate. Oh, hold on, what are we doing? It's boom. That was uh, Kelsey Trainer joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. So there you go. It's it's not a complete breakdown of all the lawsuits and and the two against Carol, but you get a basic idea of what the what what the I guess the plaintiffs are up against, and you know it's. I, I, I reached out to uh, to Chad Hazelbaker, the uh, uh, media guy at Carroll College, uh, for lack of a better word, um, and asked for the and completely asked for their internal review that they did, um, and they hired an outside person to do this internal review, which is a, a whole new story. But he said it's not public knowledge. The, the college, Carroll College administration says from, from the top, they are Title IX compliant. But you look at the numbers, like, like Kelsey talked about in the very beginning, and they're not. They're not. So what's it going to take to change? And we'll see. We're still a couple of years off from probably getting any settlements or loss, you know, anything. Which is unfortunate, but uh, wanted to put that out there and uh, give you a heads up or give you a, a, a lawyer's perspective, an attorney's perspective of Title Nine. All right, so here we go. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Jason Walker Show. And when we do, we're going to check in. We're going to lighten the mood. We're going to check in with the uh, head coach of uh, Argo Track and Field. He was the former Helena High football and track coach, and he is a new member of the Montana Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Tony Arnson joins us next. This last segment brought to you by Rutgers Furniture. Make the quality choice for your home at Rutgers Furniture. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. 
When you shop records, you'll find store-wide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find store-wide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner, so now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check them out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the major mortgage team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Oh, it's a finally Friday, Jason Walker Show, final segment. If you have any questions about what uh, Kelsey Trainer talked about, the attorney, Title IX, get a hold of me, jasonwalkersports at gmail.com. If you missed it, you can catch it on jasonwalkershow.com a little bit later. All right, we're going to get right to we got On This Day in History still to come, the walk-off. Remember, no shows next week. We'll be back uh, April 6th, but... I want to welcome in my next guest. He is a, a great friend of the show. He has been a fantastic dude for the almost seven years that I've known him. Uh, but I want to welcome in the newest member of the Montana Coaches Hall of Fame uh, Association. Well, he'll be inducted in July, but his name is Tony Arnson, and he joins us now. How are you, Coach? Hey, things are going well. A uh, little bit messy with all this going on, but things are going good. Our recruiting things, uh, I think, still rolling along up here, so things are good. Well, that's yeah. You just signed a, a, a new what, Fort Benton girl, right? Yeah, we just got Mackenzie Clark out of Fort Benton. She's a great all-around athlete. Uh, signed a gal from uh, Great Falls High, uh, Caitlin Gilbert. That's a really good all-around athlete. I think that was two great signs for us right now. Absolutely, uh, Argo track coach uh, Tony Arnson joining us here, at Jason Walker Show. All right. Congratulations. You're going in with a great class. I mean, when you are included with the Stantons, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, it really is. Well, thank you. I still, I'm not, it really hasn't set in. I don't think it's very humbling. And, uh, it was definitely a surprise phone call last night that I got. And I spent most of the night texting all my old, uh, Helena high coaches from the, from the good old days back in 94 and thanking those guys. And, um, you know, it's just a, such a heck of a journey and, uh, so thankful that I got to work with so many awesome kids. I mean, that's what makes it happen is the kids and the parents bought into our program. Our assistants worked their tails off and, and, uh, it was a great ride and, and I'm very honored to, uh, to be put into the hall of fame with <laughs> guys that, you know, I've that not only mentored me, but guys that I watched and and uh, respected so much in our profession, and um, it's it's very humbling for sure. You had a couple of uh, great battles with uh, Rob Stan and Billings West. Uh, take me. Yeah. What do you remember most about those battles? Uh, you, Rob does such a great job, and and you know I. Uh, him and I, I think we've become friends throughout the years, obviously. And as a matter of fact, that was, we just texted each other this morning. Uh, we, we crossed texts almost. It, it happened so fast, but, 
uh, it's an honor to go in with him. And uh, those stands are obviously coaching legends in the, themselves. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's just a fun class to go in with. I was telling my brother on the phone earlier, uh, uh, Coach Wesson out of uh, Hamilton, he was a basketball referee back in the old days when I was the head coach at at Charlotte, and I think he had to kick me out of a game or two, so I'm not sure how he feels about going in with me or not, but I'm kind of anxious to talk to him again about it. How do you get kicked out of a football game as the head coach? Come on. No, no, it, it was basketball back in Charlotte. Oh, you're, oh, I wasn't you, a very good okay. basketball coach, you know. Until I got with Coach Keller uh, at Helena High, he coached me up a little bit, and but at Charlotte, boy, I – I struggled, and you know, and uh, I think I took I took a lot of that out on the officiating. I was a young young kid and didn't know any better, so that's where I spent all my time was yelling at the officials. All right, well, you might have learned <laughs> the game of basketball from Coach Keller, but Coach Keller is not easy on officials either. Let's not go, you know, give him oh, all the yeah. all the greatness. Oh, there's a lot of truth to that, but you know, Coach Keller, <laughs> there's no doubt. I, I I as an assistant sitting next to him, I learned some stuff now. I stuff that. I'd never heard before, and I, I thought I was a pretty well-rounded person, but uh, he, he can get at a person personally like nobody else I've ever been around. Oh, man, you're telling me. Uh, Tony Arnson joining us, a UP Argo track coach. All right, so it was cool for you, and I, I saw your quotes in the paper today uh, that you are in the uh, release that you talked about. You know, you got to coach, you know, Troy and Ryan, and but you had some other great kids that you coached, oh, not only at Helena High, but Charlotte. I mean, you can't. Aside from take out the boys, you can't really say who your favorite team was, right? No, oh, no way. I, you know, I go back to and and I I have to thank my wife at this time more than anything is the things I put her through in the last thirty years with the coaching deal and what she, it's just it's such a such a rat race and and you know I, I wished I could pick out your favorite but you never do you, you you just can't do it there's so many great times and so many great players and so many um, unbelievable people that you get to meet along the way or just around the state of Montana and I mean at all levels from class C to class double A just the the dedication of coaches in this state to what they do uh, is it, it's, it's unbelievable. And I honestly, today, that's, that's a lot of the stuff that I thought about was all the, all the guys that I'm still very good friends with from the, from the young days when I was at Charlotte and I was 23, 23 years old and a head coach and, and I'm coaching against guys like Al Walker and Larry Henderson from Scobie. And I mean, guys like that, that, uh, and they treated you so well. They were so respectful, and, and I, I thank all those guys along the way. And then when I got to Helena High, I mean, look at the list of guys. I, I'm not smart enough to do this. I'm going to do this with Kurt Sinis probably tomorrow. But I'm Wait, 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 wait. I want Why you do it with well, Kurt and not here, me? Oh, now here, now i gotta, I got to throw my kudos out to Kurt because well, yes. Kurt's been my historian forever. That he's, is true. He's the only reason that I know anything, I, that I remember anything at all is because of Kurt. And, but I want to know when I came in as at Helena high in 1994, I want to know a lot of the head coaches that were in the double a, how many are actually in the hall of fame now? And it's an ungodly number. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you get coach Johnson from CMR and, and Gary Eckigren and, and, you know, the list of Dale Pauley's and I mean, it was just the coaches that I got to compete in. They were, it, it made for a lot of tough Friday nights. Trust me. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> There's no the, doubt about that. The coaches that I got to learn from and watch and watch their programs and, and how they treated me with so much respect as a young coach and, and helped me along the way. It's just like, I can't thank any of them enough. And I just feel so blessed to be in that situation. So how many, and I love Kurt Sinis, by the way, too. So how many, um, <laughs> I know you do. How many CMR guys now on the coaching from the coaching from coach Johnson and the coaching tree are now going in or already in now? I think from his coaching tree, it would have to be, and I'm, I'm going to mess this up probably, but I know Dale Poley myself for sure. Those would be the two that came out of there. And there's some great coaches that came out of there, Coach Wraith, and you know that's from the from the old days, you know that are and and he surely could be in there to be honest with you, uh, maybe more for track and field at this time, but um, you know he Coach Johnson, 
you know, I, I don't have to say much about him, no. but I learned from him and uh, just, just in handling everything, the, the whole program itself, not the X's and O's, but how to handle your program and your discipline and how to make it important to kids and make them buy in so deep that there's just nothing else. And now that I've been back in Great Falls for a year, um, I run into a lot of those old guys and it's just unbelievable uh, how much he meant to all the guys that he coached mm-hmm. still to this day, you know, how much they talk about him and the program. And so, yeah, my hat's off to him. Obviously he was, Definitely one of my <laughs> definite main mentors. But then you go to Helena High. I mean, how about this? I, I come to Helena High as a 26-year-old and jump into the track and field side of it yep. and listen to this group I jump into, Bill Gilbert, yep. already in the Hall of Fame at that time. Doug LeBron, already in the Hall of Fame at that time. You know, Steve Keller, in the Hall of Fame for basketball. You know, I mean, I, I, surrounded my, I got to surround myself with those type of people to, to learn as a young coach. And I, I don't, I mean, Shirley Chesterfield, my sister-in-law over at Capitol, you know, I mean, you, you just can't, it, it just is, I, you, you're just fortunate, you know, sometimes things just uh, happen that way. And I'm so thankful for all of it. It's uh it's pretty awesome. Tony Arnson joining us. So are you going in as a football coach where you didn't I, win? I, a, I hold on. Uh, where you didn't win a state oh. championship or are you going in the track where you want a couple? <laughs> I, that I don't know. Now you'd have to ask the committee that. You'd have to ask the committee, but you know, either way is fine with me for sure. sure. Um, you know, I I just uh, appreciated the town, the the community of Helena so much in all aspects, not just uh, the football and and the track where I was the head coaches, but I got to be an assistant for Stephen basketball, and mm. then I. Well, God, I was fortunate enough to be in the youth programs, and we built a East Helena baseball league that is still. I just, as a matter of fact, this is my first spring I was going to be out in 15 years um, that I wasn't going to be involved in it, and and uh, a basketball league between uh, East Helena and Montana City, just the youth sports, and starting up the flag football programs, and all the things that happened mm-hmm. throughout those years are just. I don't know. I, I again, I'm so thankful for the whole community and the support and everything. Uh, you know, all the way down from the media people, my administrators, everybody was so supportive, and it made it real easy for me. You might be the first coach to ever thank media. <laughs> I, mean, I I thought our media, and I do. I think Jason, you know how much respect I have for you, and how much fun we've had. But Kurt Sinnis to, mm-hmm. to me, I I had a Kurt Sinnis night my last year at Helena High, and I didn't even know it was going to be my last year. And, and thank God I did, yep. because guys like him, they're, they're you're not going to see that anymore. So no. Those guys are not going to come around. It's not going to happen. I just don't believe that. I don't think you're in, in 40 years, you're not going to see guys that are in this business for 65, 60 years of their life, whatever it's been. And they just live and die it, you know? Yep. And uh, those guys, our hats have to be off to them because when they're gone, I think we're gonna, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a whole different element. I, I think about the guys here, even at the Tribune, you know, George yeah. Geis and Mike Town and those guys. And Scott we're going to miss guys like that. Scott Manch. I just ran into him the other day. As a matter of fact, he was back in town. He's living out in Minnesota. And, yep. you know, guys like that that know the history of sports in Montana and, and they've lived it. And they just, it means so much to them. We're going to miss those type of people for sure. Well, you're, you're, uh, you're one of those guys historically that uh, now is uh, enshrined in a Hall of Famer, will be in July. I got a message uh, from Chuck Price who said, uh, Coach Arnson's a great guy. His involvement in the youth sports programs while he was here in Helena, he was very much appreciated. Congrats, Coach A. So there you go. Oh, man, that's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that, <laughs> I have to big thank you to him because that, that means a lot coming from him for sure. Well, we appreciate it. I know this isn't the last time we're going to talk. I'm uh, hoping to get up to Great Falls sometime soon. And uh, who knows, maybe sooner than later I'll be uh, hanging out with you up in Great Falls. Um, oh, I hope so. I'm going to come by. Next time, I'm, one of these times I'm in Helen, I'm going to come by and bombard your show, and I'll just I wish a surprise you... guest appearance, and we'll come in and just uh, talk a little bit about the good old things. Please do. you got to wait at least two weeks until, you know. <laughs> right. I, I heard you're off for a week. Huh? Is that kind of that's a coronavirus? Virus thing is that is that shut no down I just for a week? I normally take a week off at spring break so. yeah oh, I'm going okay. I'm going on vacation to my downstairs <laughs> instead of hanging out in the upstairs office 
Perfect. No, I'm just going to spend Perfect. more time with the little one. She's 22 months now, so she'll be 23 Aww. months on April 1st. And yeah, so it's, yeah, you know, the wife's well, got to work sure from you home. Can't, you can't spend too much time doing that. That's for sure. No, absolutely not. And uh, oh, by the way, quick update, Bob, because uh, I know you coached him. I don't really well. I don't know if you can call it coaching him, but he is a crew chief. <laughs> <laughs> you can't coach kickers. You're a, he's exactly. a crew chief on a Blackhawk uh, crew down in uh, Fort Riley, Kansas. So um, just giving oh, an update wow. on Bob there. So, yeah, he's crew chief. Good. Well, make sure you tell him hi for me. That's I will. Awesome. I will, Coach. All hey, right. uh, congratulations. Appreciate the time, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you down the road soon. Hey, thanks, buddy. It was great to hear from you. Thanks for having me on, for sure. Yep. See you, Coach. That is uh, Coach Tony Arnson joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Oh man, what a blast! Love, uh, love catching up with uh, with Coach A. He, we had some great off the mic conversations when he was at Helena High as uh, the head coach, and uh, stuff that will never make the radio airwaves or any airwaves, because it was a lot of fun uh, talking with Coach Arnson. I should probably take that down right now. All right, uh, let's get to On This Day in History. It is brought to you by the Motherload, and we've talked about this all week, and we're going to keep talking about this for the next, uh, well, however long it needs to be talked about. The Motherload, Dinner's Done Right, Cafe Zydeco, and even Green Meadow. If you are a member at Green Meadow Country Club, they are offering takeout as well. And if you are not a member at Green Meadow Country Club, call them, get signed up, you can still golf right now, which is great. Tell them you heard it on the Jason Walker Show. All right, on this date is brought to you by the Mother Load. 1939, the first men's basketball championship in the NCAA. Oregon beat Ohio State, 46-33. Uh, 1945, at the seventh basketball championship, Oklahoma State beat uh, NYU. In 1951, the 13th championship, Kentucky beat Kansas. Well, you talk about some blue bloods. Whew, third title for the Wildcats. 16-team field was introduced for the first time. 1971, the 33rd UCLA beat Villanova for its fifth consecutive title. Villanova was later disqualified due to an ineligible player. 1978, the 40th championship, Kentucky beat Duke. Uh, the Wildcats' fifth title. Jack Gibbons scored 41 in that game. Nine, uh, let's see. 1790, the world was changed forever. The modern shoelace with the egglet was patented. In England, by Harvey Kennedy, the egglet. And on this date, 1952, the music world was changed forever. Sun Records in Memphis began releasing records. And, of course, Elvis, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, great ones that passed through there uh, for sure. What are we doing now? Why is this not playing? Oh, we always How about this. There we go. Oh. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk off. All right. Uh, we learned that uh, Kelsey Trainer joined us. What a fantastic interview with her. Um, yeah, I'll take all the credit. But uh, no, she uh, she enlightened us on uh, Title IX lawsuits against Carol. What's in the future? And of course, uh, we'll keep you coming uh, up to date on that. Uh, there's going to be some news soon. Um, I, I I believe uh, that we'll be able to talk about uh, down the road um, on that. Also, Tony Arnson, who we just spoke with on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Thanks for joining us on short notice. The newest member of the Montana Coaches Association Hall of Fame. He'll be inducted in uh, Great Falls in July. And, uh, of course, don't forget the Jason Walker Show. Support comes in part from Manscaped. And get that new lawnmower 3.0. Improved skin-safe technology. It is advanced skin-safe technology, and it is awesome. When I tell you it's premium, I mean it. 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. It is waterproof. Mm-hmm. You can. Uh, it's got 7,000 RPM motor. How about that? I mean, that's just unbelievable. LED light, which is really cool, by the way, uh, to help illuminate the grooming areas for a closer, more precise trim. And let's not forget about the charging stand. It is USB-powered. Get 20% off free shipping. Use the code WALKER20 at manscaped.com. It is uh, manscaped.com. see if we can get the before picture up and loaded. No, not the Hawks. I don't know what that is. Um... No? Okay, we're not going to do it today. You're not going to play nice, I see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the walk-off. Had fun. Had a great week. We are off next week, okay? 
um, just a normal week off. Nothing, no, there's nothing else to, to say. It's just a normal week off. I always take spring break off or around there, and uh, this year's no different. So we're going to do a week off, and we'll be back April 6th. Now, if you missed anything from this week, Peyton Ferris, Sean Ryan, Katie Lynn Krause, Allie Weiss, Zach Allen, Shelby Rasmussen, John Burnett, Sylvan Lacrosse, Kelsey Trainer, Tony Arnson, or any of our past interviews, JasonWalkerShow.com. We appreciate you joining us. We'll see you back here April 6th. And we'll see if by then MHSA is still having spring season. Probably. All right. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on April 6th. Good night. From the Jason Walker Show. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.